You are listening to the Living Way Church podcast. For more information about Living Way Church, go to livingwaychurch.cc. Happy Mother's Day, moms, and happy Mother's Day, kids of moms. All of us have a mom. Think about that. There's not a person in this room that doesn't have a mom. Now, some of our moms have been great moms. Some of our moms have have been absent moms. Maybe a mom that wasn't the mom that we had hoped for. Uh, Maybe our mom was was an unhealthy person and therefore she was an unhealthy mom. Uh, There's a lot of mothers, but there's not a lot of mommies, right? And so uh, thank you to the mommies. Uh, You are special. And um, it's a pleasure to honor moms, and we love you all so much. And uh, not every mom is a mommy, but not also not every mom is a spiritual mom. Uh, that means that there are moms in this room that are moms to other people's kids. You know, maybe, maybe you know someone whose mom was not present in their life or not a healthy mom, and, and so you be, kind of became their mom, and you were kind of a second mom to them, and they even maybe called you mom. My mom was one of those ladies that, that uh, whenever the kids came over, because uh, my, my brother was kind of a, a, a troubled kid, so all of his friends were troubled kids, and all their, his friends and their girlfriends would come over and they were always calling my mom, mom. So my mom was, was literally a mom to many kids. And it's the mystery of motherhood. You know, it's quite, what a mystery, you know, when you think of like something amazing, something curious happens, uh, takes place when you become a parent, you begin to think less about yourself, And the majority of your time, the percentage of your time, your energy, and your thoughts now become focused on the well-being of your child. And you're compelled by your heart to literally sacrifice things you never imagined for this child. And for many of you, again, your grandchildren. And I think uh, nobody does this more so than mothers. Because let's be honest, dads, there comes a point where we're going like, hey, you know, it's time for you to move. It's time for you to get out of the house. It's time for you to leave. It's time for you to feel that pain. You need to pay for it yourself, you know? And, you know, I have two girls, and I used to tell them all the time, as jokingly, man up. You know, I would say, like, you know, suck it up to them as kids sometimes. As a joke, but not really as a joke all the time. Because they were just, you know, it's the attitude of a a dad. Sometimes, like, come on, get some fortitude, you know? The mothers, man, there's nothing like the heart of moms, just more grace-oriented, more uh, just uh, sympathetic sometimes to the needs of others. So we are in Corinthians, in this city in Corinth in the New Testament, written by the Apostle Paul to a church that he had planted five years earlier. He had lived there two years, and the church was was in a wild seaport city, in an entertainment city. And uh, I gotta be honest, it was a church that struggled to live for God that was, that was going crazy upside down. And I got to thinking every person in that church has a mom. Every person in this crazy, mixed up, messed up church has a mom. And you know, we've been going through a lot of the weird issues that the church in Corinth had been dealing with in the book of, in the letter uh, to the Corinthians, the first letter. And, and I couldn't help but think, as, as Paul is writing this letter, he's thinking, surely your mama taught you better, <laughs> right? He, how in the world can you do the things that you're doing? What was going on in their minds when all this craziness in this church was breaking out? But Paul lovingly 
and truthfully addresses each issue with grace, no matter how messy it got. And apparently he had some help from a mother, spiritual mother in that church, which uh, we're going to talk about today. Um, What does this crazy church in Corinth have to do with Mother's Day? Because you're thinking this We're going through the letter of Corinthians. How are we going to turn a church that is just going nutty, dealing with all kinds of things into a, we love you mom message? Well, I found the key. The key is in the last part of Corinthians. And I'm very excited. Some of you guys have heard about a person. There's a dynamic woman in Corinth's history in their story that models a woman of God and a mother. And she is a kind of woman. She's the kind of woman I hope my daughters grow up to be. And I hope she's the kind of woman that your sons marry in. And I believe she is the kind of woman that my wife is. And this is the woman of God. Maybe you've heard of her name. Her name is Priscilla. Priscilla is a major character in the city of Corinth. And we first see her in 1 Corinthians at the end in chapter 16 in verse 19 when he's saying his goodbye. Look at what it says. He says, the churches in the province of Asia send you greetings. And Aquila and Priscilla greet you warmly or warmly greet you. See, this is an affectionate greeting from old friends. And like, what is the connection with Corinth and Priscilla and Aquila, what is, the, what is the relationship with these people? He says, greet them warmly in the Lord. Why would he mention them to the church in Corinth? Well, first of all, I want you to know that in this instance, when they're referred to as a couple, Aquila, the husband, is named first. In the mention when it comes to ministry, Priscilla is listed first. Now that is significant. Because men are always listed as primary in significance in order. Like, for instance, when Paul used to travel with Barnabas, it used to be Barnabas and Paul until Paul's ministry began to take steam. And after their first missionary trip, it was known as Paul and Barnabas because Barnabas took the primary lead in the ministry. And that's why his name was shifted to the primary lead. So when it comes to the couple, it's Aquila and Priscilla, like you're the couple say hello. But as we're going to read, Priscilla was a powerful minister in the Lord, a spiritual mom to a lot of people. And in those places, she is often referenced first. That is a a primary, it's it's a primary significance because it shows her as a specific influencer. Of the six times they're mentioned as a couple in the New Testament, four times she's first. So who is this woman mentioned in the New Testament? Was she a mother? Well, most likely. Tradition says that she was a mother, but her kids are not mentioned. But she was a mom to many. And so today I want you to to follow with me as we're going to walk through who Priscilla is, and then we're going to learn how we, how you can be a supermodel based upon this supermodel, Mom Priscilla. All right, so let's follow through this. In order for us to know why she's in Corinth, 
we need to kind of go back a little bit. So in Acts chapter 17, I'm going to tell you a quick overview. You're just going to follow along on the screen. In Acts chapter 17, the apostle Paul is trying to plant churches and make disciples in the city of Athens. Well, it doesn't go so well. Some disciples were made, but there's a political turmoil and there's, there's public and legal opposition. And he's literally chased out of town. Though some disciples are made, he leaves the city exhausted and discouraged. So he makes his way to Corinth. Now, Paul goes to Corinth and he meets new friends. It's a wild city with a wild entertainment district and a wild reputation to match. He goes to Corinth and some of the very first people he meets are a Jewish couple named Aquila and Priscilla. They had just moved to Italy uh, sorry, they just moved to Corinth from Italy. They were chased out of Rome because they were Jewish. So they were in, in, encountering incredible racial discrimination. They were chased out of Rome, landed in Corinth. And the Bible says that they were both, some of the translations say tent maker. Now, I'm going to blow y'all's mind a little bit. The word for tent maker is the same phrase used for leather makers, people who work with leather workers. So in Corinth, tent making was not something that was common. They were most likely leather workers. So all those translations of tent makers could have just as easily been leather workers. Because he was in Corinth doing that business, it was most likely that they were leather workers. That means they, they skinned animals and made clothing and belts and all kinds of straps and, and different items for public use and, and coverings and coats. They were leather workers. It was dirty. It was disgusting. It was smelly. It was hard, but it was valuable. So... They were both temp workers slash probably leather workers. They were followers of Jesus. And because they had the same job, Paul moved into their house and they had a job together. They all did the same work. So they worked together and they lived together and a deep friendship developed. This is all in Acts 18. They worked together and as he began to disciple them, something began to happen. The three of them began to preach all over Corinth and the number of disciples grow. A church is planted and the church in Corinth is meeting in Priscilla and Aquila's home. So they're the, the church home. Now, Paul didn't just plant the church in Corinth. It was Paul and Priscilla and Aquila. The three of them planted the church. She was a spiritual mom to many in Corinth. So what happens in, later in chapter 18 is Paul then decides, God, after living in Corinth for nearly two years, he moves to the next city to plant churches. He moves to Ephesus. And guess who goes with them? Paul goes with Priscilla and Aquila. They all move to Ephesus. And in Ephesus, they begin to preach the gospel together, share the gospel together, and they plant a church in Ephesus. Not just Paul, but Paul, Priscilla, and Aquila all plant the church in Ephesus, which, by the way, became in the New Testament one of the most powerful, most influential churches in the entire Bible. A church planted in part from her labor, she becomes a spiritual mom in Ephesus. 
Paul, Priscilla, and Aquila live there three years. Paul then has it on his heart to move to the next place, and he says to Priscilla and Aquila, stay here, lead this church, and I'm going to go to the next place. And that's what happens. Priscilla and Aquila are left in Ephesus to look after the church. It's meeting in their home. And from this point, Priscilla is named first. Her name is first in this description in Acts and in 1 Corinthians 16. That's why he references them because he's saying, hey, they say hello to you because you know them. They're your former pastors and church planters. The church is meeting in their home. Paul goes back to Jerusalem to check in, and that's the end of his second missionary trip. And they're there, they stay there as pastors. Now, while in Ephesus, there's a passionate young follower of Jesus Christ, and he's a dynamic preacher. He comes in to Ephesus, he loves Jesus. He's from Alexandria, which is Northern Africa, where the church was growing, and he comes in on fire for God, but he's preaching with holes in his gospel. And they identify that he's still lacking in some discipleship. And so they take Apollos, that's his name, you might remember him. They take Apollos and it says they take him aside and they begin to disciple him. And she becomes a spiritual mom to Apollos. The Bible says that Priscilla and Aquila taught him deeper ways about Christ. She was a spiritual mom to, in Corinth, she was a spiritual mom at Ephesus. She's a spiritual mom to Apollos. A few years later, Paul returns to Corinth. There he writes the longest letter ever, Romans. And while he's writing to the Romans, Priscilla and Aquila had moved back to Rome where they had initially been chased out of. And he writes to Rome and he mentions them in the letter. Because at this point, check this out. Priscilla and Aquila are back in Rome, and now the Roman church is in their house in Rome. So everywhere they went, they were the house church, the home church. She was the mom of the church family. So in Rome, the letter's written to the Romans. Maybe you've heard of the book of Romans. He's writing to Rome, and the church is meeting in their house. This influential, very important church. And so when he's writing this letter to the church in Rome, which he'd never been to, he's writing in Corinth and he says, hey, say hello to Priscilla and Aquila. Priscilla is named first. He says, these are my co-workers in the gospel and they risk their lives for me. Guys, listen, she was a spiritual mom to a whole lot of people in Rome. Years later, Paul is writing a letter to a guy named Timothy. He calls him his son, his spiritual son. And he's writing in jail. He's in a Roman jail now. Flash forward a few, several years. And now Priscilla and Aquila are not in Rome anymore. And it's most likely because they were chased out again because the city had burned down and they were chased out. This is, we'll talk about this later. And guess where they end up? They end up back in Ephesus. At this point, because they're back there, it's not the church is no longer in their house, but they connect with Timothy and they begin to work alongside Timothy. And in the letter to Timothy, his second letter, the very last letter he writes, he says a greeting. He, he lists, uh, he says, be sure to say hello to so-and-so for me. And the very first person on the list, Priscilla. Okay. She was a spiritual mom 
in Corinth. She was a spiritual mom in Ephesus. She was a spiritual mom to Apollos. She was a spiritual mom in Rome. And she was a spiritual mom to Timothy. This woman is very important in the Bible. She's a woman that maybe you've heard a little bit here and there, but when you piece her life together, you find out how significant she was. Priscilla and Aquila are considered some of the earliest, most missionaries in the entire Bible. She's believed to be the very first female preacher. Some scholars even believe that she might be the author of Hebrews. We don't really know for sure, but many people believe that she is. Some believe that the mention of her husband is only to separate her from the other contemporary Priscilla's. Regardless of what your position on who she is, she left a big footprint in the lives of many people. And Priscilla is a snapshot of an incredible mother to a lot of people. So what, what I want to do is I want to spend a few minutes taking a look at some of those passages and Let's be supermodels. I mean, maybe you're like, I'll never be a supermodel. Yeah, you can. A model in character and a model in fashion. What? A model in fashion? Because there's nothing more fashionable than looking like Jesus. And so Priscilla gives us this picture of a supermodel. And so we're going to learn how to be supermodels today. Not just the women, not just the moms, but you men, you can learn from your mom, right? You've learned from your mom your whole life. So now it's time for us to learn from our spiritual mom, Priscilla, and moms to kind of follow what Priscilla's model was to those around her and how we can imitate that. So Here's the first thing I want you to know is that Priscilla was a supermodel, but she was in this way. She was a model in her marriage. She was a model in her marriage. If you're married, because not all moms are married. You, some of you guys, yeah, you, you carry this heavy mantle of single motherhood. What a powerful thing that is. But just for a second, I want you to know that if you're married, you can look to Priscilla and see what a supermodel looks like when it comes to marriage. This is a woman who, when they are mentioned, they're always together. They, uh, it was a love that models teamwork and faithfulness. It's a wonderful picture of a marriage on mission. They worked together. They prayed together. They loved each other together. They were devoted to each other. They were inseparable. Literally, everywhere they went, they were together. They went through hardship together. They, were, they went through racial discrimination together. They were chased out of an entire country simply because of their race. And then when they moved back to Rome, they had to leave Rome because the city had burned down. At this point, Christians were blamed for it. Many believe they moved back to Ephesus because their house had burned down and they were chased out by Nero. So now you have, their, they've experienced the hardship of, of discrimination, uh, the hardship of financial uh, struggles, a house burning down, lost together. They, they worked together. They ran a business together. They ministered together. They discipled people together. They preached together. Tradition even tells us that they were martyred together. They died together at the same time, together to the very end, always putting the Lord first. This was a divine romance. And I love this picture. This is the kind of marriage I want my daughters to have. This is the kind of model of, of, a, of a wife that Priscilla gives mothers. If you're married as a mom, your priority is your marriage, not your children. Just as it is for you dads and for you husbands, your primary 
Your primary priority is your wife, not your children. Children were never given to us to take over dominion of our life. They were given to us to be stewards and to send out into the world as those who will lead a godly legacy in their life. Priscilla understood this, modeled this, and without a doubt, there was a high degree of love, trust, and respect present in their marriage relationship. Listen, your, t- your children will grow up and grow out. That's the plan, right? The plan is they're growing up and growing out. What then? If you spent your whole marriage, the last 20 years, investing into your child, when your children leave and you look to each other, what is, who is this person? And all of a sudden, your heart moved out of the house when your heart should have been the person standing next to you, your husband or your wife. If you're married, you have a partner that is with you, designed to be with you till you die. You need to make sure you feed, nurture, and partner together. The greatest gift you can give your children, mom or dad, is a healthy marriage that will pass on, hopefully, into their life. She was a model, supermodel. In marriage, here's another one. And this is for everybody, not just the married people. This is, the rest of them are for everybody. She was a model of love. She was a model of love to others. In Acts 18.1, look at this. After this, Paul left Athens and went to Corinth. There he met a Jew named Aquila, a native of Pontus, who had recently come from Italy with his wife Priscilla because Claudius had ordered all Jews to leave. They were chased out of Rome by Racial discrimination and profiling. Paul went to see them, and because he was a tent maker or a leather worker, as they were, he stayed with them and he worked with them. And every Sabbath, he reasoned in the synagogue, trying to persuade Jews and Greeks. He lived in Corinth for nearly two years, and the whole time he lived at their house. And when he left, they went with him. She and her husband welcomed Paul into their home to live. She was a model of love and hospitality. There would be no church if she did not show her love to Paul and her hospitality and welcome him into their home. They did it again when they were in Ephesus. He mentions it in Corinthians where he says, Aquila and Priscilla greet you warmly in the Lord. So does the church that meets in their house. He's talking to the church in Ephesus as he writes the letter from Corinth or to the Corinthians. Moms like Priscilla are supermodels at showing love and hospitality. No one can love you like your mama, you know? I'm gonna tell you something, my mom was a unique person. She had so much hospitality, so much love in her. My mom would let people live with us all the time. Now, I don't know how you feel about this. My mom was just maybe a little bit crazy, I guess. But, and she was, that's for sure. But when I was, after she gave her life to Jesus, there was always somebody living in our house that wasn't in our family. There were other teenagers that were kicked out of their house. There were, there were guys who were fresh out of prison, like literally out of prison, work release, our house for many, many months at a time. Young adults who were homeless living in our house, troubled adults who couldn't find a job and, and were living on the streets. I would come home from school and she was like, hey, just heads up, there's so-and-so living in the, in the basement or living in, the, in, in this bedroom. Like, and it changed the way I saw life. I, I began to do and have that same kind of attitude in my whole life. And, and let's all learn from the love of our mothers because no one can love and have hospitality like 
a mom does. It's the heart of a mother. First Peter 4, 9 says, show hospitality to one another without grumbling. What also stands out to me is that with all the hatred and the racial discrimination thrown at them, she never, they never retaliated. They only loved in response. I want you to write this down. John 13, 35 says, by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. And that is what they truly live. That is what Priscilla this is what a supermodel looks like. And not only did she, was she a model in marriage, a model in love, but she was also a model in loyalty. She was a model in loyalty. She let Paul live with them. Then she traveled with them. She showed support with them. And she loyally even gave their life, their possessions to the, to the cause of, of the gospel. And, and she never deserted. And Paul writes in one of his letters how everybody had left me. But then in the same letter, he says, a shout out to Priscilla and Aquila, who are right here with me, my co-workers in Christ. Paul mentions when others were gone, he says this in the, in the letter to the Romans. Romans 16, 3 says, greet Priscilla and Aquila, my co-workers in Christ Jesus. Again, she's mentioned first in reference to ministry, okay? These are my co-workers. She was a co-worker with Paul. They risked their necks for me. I love that. Some translations say lives, but uh, the, the original is necks. And so they risked their necks for me, not only for me, but all the churches of the Gentiles are grateful for them. They apparently saved his life some, at some point. They risked their life for Paul. That's how loyal they were. Man, when everybody else ran, when everybody else said, hey, man, that's your problem. You deal with it. You know, God bless you. I'll be praying for you. No, they stepped up. They engaged. I don't know what they did, but he says, thank you. They risked their necks. Their lives were at stake. And because of that, all of the churches, thank you. Priscilla and Aquila, thank you because you were loyal to me, the world, all of the churches in the world know about you. Thank you. And they're grateful for you. A loyalty, they risk their own life for Paul. Thank you, moms. You are very much like that. You put your life on the line for us all the time. I mean, let's be honest, dads, if our, if our, if our son gets, you know, goes to jail, we're more likely to say, hey, you know what? Do the crime, do the time, right? We're like, you know, three days in jail, we'll do him good. <laughs> you know, whatever. If, if something like that were to happen, but mom's like, no, he needs to come out tonight. No son of mine's gonna be staying in jail. He's gonna, you know, he's out tomorrow. And we're like, no, just let him sit there. That's the difference because moms are like, hey, you know what? I just can't, I cannot give up on this son. And there, I've seen it in families, sometimes to a fault where moms will give so much grace to their kids that they'll just keep letting them come back and come back and come back. And dads have long gone said, hey, you know what? Let them deal with their life. Let them go, let them go, right? But moms have this like heart string connection that is just so strong. Like Priscilla, our moms risk everything for us. They put their necks on the line for our lives every day. They talk to teachers for us and they, they talk to authorities and they, they want to intervene in our workplace. And at this time we're old enough going, no, just kind of sit, simmer down. <laughs> you know, they want to engage in our relationships because they love us. Like Priscilla and our moms, let's live the lost art of loyalty. 
be faithful friends, faithful to our family, faithful to our work. When the dust settles, I will be there because my mom was there. She taught me what a supermodel. Here's another thing. She was also a supermodel, Priscilla was, in model of work. Look at this, Acts 18.3. And because he, Paul, was one of the same trade, he stayed with them and worked. For they, circle they, were tent makers or leather workers. They, it wasn't just Paul and Aquila getting his hands dirty. Listen, Aquila was not the only hard worker in that couple. Priscilla was an incredible worker. She was not afraid to work with her hands, to get her hands dirty. She was not afraid of hard work. I wonder what Priscilla's hands looked like. Leather workers were often, uh, you know, calloused and, and hard and, and the, the soft lotions that we have and all the products that we have now weren't necessarily available then. She probably had rough hands and maybe even stained from all the leather work and dyeing that, they, that, was, that goes into the leather work at that time. And she wasn't afraid to get her hands dirty. She wasn't afraid to work. And I think of my grandma uh, who worked her entire life. She was one of 17 siblings. She had 17 siblings in her family and she was like one of the last people to live. And she was a hard worker. And after her husband died, my grandpa died, she worked and worked and worked. And, and I saw that, she modeled that for me. I think of my mom, a single parent most of the time, uh, working several jobs, sometimes three, four jobs to make sure that we had food and that we had Christmas and that we had special events and that we had holidays and that we had fun. And I never felt like I missed out on things because my mom was not afraid to work hard. She was not afraid to sweat. She was not afraid to get dirty. Moms, your hard work is teaching us that sometimes in life you need to get a few blisters on your hands and not give up. You know, I look at my mom and I think, you know what? She didn't give up. And I'm not going to give up. She's a hard worker. She wasn't afraid to clean toilets, to, to clean walls, and to work on a car. You know, she, she worked inside of her car. I remember seeing her like literally sit. She was a little lady. And she would sit on the edge and get in there. And, you know, I think she's not afraid to work hard. You know, I'm not afraid to work hard because of that. I'm not, to this day, I'm still cleaning toilets and and washing floors and trying to work in my car the best I can. I'm not afraid to get my hands dirty in large part because of the model that she was to me. So listen, moms, I want to have a word for you. Don't give up because your kids are watching you and how you have a sense of hard work and determination. Your kids will repeat that. What a supermodel you're becoming. Here's another thing. Not only did she model these things, but she also was a model of sacrifice. A model of sacrifice. Listen, she was chased out of her home, out of her home in Rome, due to uh, racial profiling. She landed in Corinth. They met Paul. They moved to Ephesus. They moved back to Rome. Then they moved back to Ephesus. She was moving all over the place. Um, she was moving here, moving here, moving there. What sacrifice that she have to go through? Look at Acts 18:18. 18, 18. After this, Paul stayed many days longer. That was literally a year and a half. And, and then took leave of the brothers and set sail for Syria. And with him was Priscilla and Aquila. Moving is hard. How many of you guys have ever moved anywhere? 
It's hard, man. It's hard moving stuff, packing up stuff. Some of you guys just moved. You guys just moved, right? Just got your new house. That's exciting. Moving can be tough. And the longer you live someplace, the harder it is to move. Man, uh, moving is hard. You give up so much when you move. You know, you, you move from one place. There's two reasons why Priscilla and Aquila moved. Two reasons that the Bible mentions. The first one is to make sure their family was taken care of. When they were chased out from violence in Rome, twice. Their house burned down, they were profiled, they were Jewish, they were profiled. So they moved to take care of their family and they moved for the work of the ministry. Both of them are a life of sacrifice. You know, I moved a lot as a kid. I mean, I literally like moved a lot. Like I, I went to uh, three different high schools. One year I moved six times in one year. I went to a different school almost every year of my life. There was a little season where I went to the same school two years in a row, Woo, fifth and sixth grade. I thought it was heaven. I didn't, you know, we, we, we moved here after going to three high schools. We moved here and she was ready to move to Virginia after that. And I'm like, I'm done moving mom, please. Can I just stay in the same school? Graduate in the same school I went to as a junior. And Three months after I graduated from high school, she moved to Virginia and I stayed here and I've been here ever since. I wouldn't be here unless my mom had moved here. And I used to blame my mom for all the moving. I used to say, man, why are we moving all the time? Man, I get to say, I, I can never fit in because of it. You know, I, mean, I always think about my friends and uh, I would come, I was always the new kid, always the new kid. I hated being, it's like, so I had to either take a stand or fall in the background. It was like, it was either I was a nobody or I was the jokester. And I, I didn't know who I was a lot of times. I just wanted to be, uh, not alone. So um, I'm moving a lot. I used to blame my mom for it and it used to make me mad. But now I see that my mom as a single parent was just trying to do her best to take care of us. And every move she made, whether it was the uh, wise or right move, she did as, sac as a sacrifice to take care of us. And I see it now. And in 1985, she picked up everything, and we moved from Indiana to Texas. And here I am. And it was here, it was a year later, that I saw across the room in church a girl who was to become my wife. I was just a high school student. And I learned through her example, like many of your moms, that caring for others and following God takes sacrifice. It takes laying down many things to gain what is more important. Mentioned many times, she hosted churches in her house. There's a lot of sacrifice in hosting church in your house. I think of, of the sacrifice my kids went through because we, we would have something we, like on Monday nights, Tuesday nights, and Wednesday nights, there was a time before we had this space where half the ministries in our church were at our house. We had Bible studies on Monday night, young adults on Tuesday nights. We had youth on Wednesday nights at our house for a long time. And then we had Illuminate on the weekends. We had men's studies on the weekends. It was like, every, and, and I just remember the sacrifice it was to just, to have our house open and to be available. And I think, man, um, modeling sacrifice is what spiritual moms do. It's what moms do. You sacrifice a lot, thank you. And because you sacrifice, I'm, I'm learning to sacrifice. And then she was a, a model of grace. And I mentioned Apollos, now listen to this. She's mentioned as lovingly walking with people through their faith. Grace, you might even put in the word patience. Look at this, Acts 18. Meanwhile, a Jew named Apollos, 
a native of Alexandria, came to Ephesus. He was a learned man. That means he was smart and a thorough knowledge of the scriptures. That's the Old Testament. And he had been instructed in the way of the Lord. And he spoke with great fervor and taught about Jesus accurately. So he knew the story of Jesus, but he was lacking in the basics. Though he knew only the baptism of John. That was one of the basics that he, uh, basics that he didn't understand. He began to speak boldly in the synagogues. When Priscilla and Aquila heard him, Priscilla's name first, they invited him to their home, which is where the church was meeting, and explained to him the way of God more adequately, or some translations say more accurately. So like a loving parent, Priscilla, mentioned first, was the primary person in this, in this teaching. Priscilla and Aquila pulled him aside and privately, with patience, helped him understand the deeper things of God more accurately. You know, from there, Apollos, the Bible says, after he leaves there, guess where he lands? He goes from there to Corinth. And if you were here at the beginning of the Corinth series, He's mentioned in three of the chapters in Corinthians as a preacher who was with them for several years. And he was a great influence. He was a spiritual father to the church in Corinth. He taught them. They loved him. He had followers that were like committed to him. And it really goes back to just before Corinth, he had a sit down and was discipled by Priscilla and Aquila. Paulus became a dynamic preacher. Thanks to the Priscilla spiritual mom influence. Now, I remember I think of Grace and I think, I think of moms. Uh, we, we were not well off when, when I was a kid. We, she was a single mom. There were three kids, single mom. It was hard, times were tough. And uh, she, she, she uh, had just got this Nissan Pulsar. I don't know if you remember that car in the 80s. It, you can Google it, it's kind of sporty, but kind of a poor man's sport car. It was a Nissan Pulsar, and she was just so proud of that car. It was used, and, and uh, um, I, I didn't have a car, and uh, so I drove her to work, and she, was, she would, had multiple jobs, and she was cleaning houses for a living at, at that time and, and doing some catering, and so she was going to clean this house and prepare for a catering event at their house. So uh, I dropped her off, and as, it was, as I was backing out of this parking garage little thing, there was a pole right there. You know where I'm going. So I, I'm wrapped, I look around, and that pole's right in the blind, uh, blind spot. So I go, vroom, and I just pulverize that car, and just put a big old like, curve into the door. And, and like, not just like a dent, like a big U, a big curve. And it just stops right at the wheel, goes from the back fender to the door to the front fender, doesn't hit the wheelbase so it's drivable but looks like garbage, right? So uh, I immediately get out of the car. I'm like, oh my gosh, ah, my mom's gonna kill me, you know? We did, that's the only car we had. We were struggling. Uh, and, and so she's up there just trying to make ends meet, you know, trying to make money to afford the car payments on this used car. And I remember I went upstairs and I, I'm like, I'm, I'm crying. I'm like, cause I'm not, I just know she's just gonna be disappointed and angry. And, and I went back up to her and she just stood there and as I told my story, and, and I thought any second she was going to say, like, you know, oh, I told you, why are you, but you know what she did? 
She came over to me. She put her arms around me. She wanted to know if I was okay. It's all right. You all right? You okay? She prayed with me. And then she says, okay, pick me up in two hours. <laughs> and, and she let me drive it. It was, I mean, it was drivable. It wasn't pretty. And then it got put in the shop. And as soon as it came out of the shop, she let me take it out with my friends. That's grace. That's what moms do. And she didn't have to, but she did. I learned patience, I learned grace, and I learned second chances from my mom. And I think Priscilla taking Apollos saying, hey, come here, I love you. What great enthusiasm, what a great fever, what a great energy. Man, what a dynamic speaker, but you have some things that are inaccurate. I want to help you. I want to love on you. And she, she helped Apollos become the man that Apollos was. And Priscilla and Aquila were people of grace, gently encouraging and instructing. It was their patience that enabled Apollos to preach the, the grace of God clearly and soundly. Moms, thank you. And I want to ask you to continue to or choose to be godly women willing to invest in other people's lives for Christ's glory, be a person that is quick to discuss God's word and maybe even gracefully correct when needed. Be a supermodel in grace. Here's the last thing is this. She was a supermodel in the gospel. She was a supermodel in the gospel. We see this in all the places she mentioned. She was motivated. She moved. She, ho she housed churches. She did all these things. Why? For the sake of the gospel. She did all these things. She and her husband were recognized the call of God in their life. They had a willingness to go wherever God was willing to take them and lead them as the spirit led, always using their resources for the kingdom of God, for the sake of the gospel, for the hope of Jesus, often risking their own life for the sake of the gospel. And in Paul's letters, in, in his very last letter, while in prison, writing one last time to his spiritual son, this is the last letter that he writes. And shortly after this letter is written, it's believed that Paul was beheaded. He was living in Rome at the time. It's a sad letter. It's filled with a, don't forget this, my son. Don't forget this, don't forget this. And at the very, very end, there's just a couple of verses left. He says a final greeting. Now we think greetings like, hey, a shout out to Priscilla and Aquila. No, this, that word greeting, the word there is like a warm hug. Just give a big bear hug to these people. It's a goodbye to old friends and Priscilla leads the list. In verse 19, greet or hug, squeeze the living daylights out of Priscilla and Aquila to the very end. Serving, loving, spreading the gospel faithfully. You know, in another letter that Paul wrote to Timothy, he mentions two other very influential mothers, and it's the mothers of Timothy and, their, and his grandmother. Look what it says in 1 Timothy 1.5. It says, I'm reminded, Paul says, of your sincere faith, talking to Tim, which very first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice. And I'm persuaded now lives in you also. You see, if it wasn't for grandma, there would be no Timothy. If there wasn't for mama, who said yes to Jesus because of her grandma, because of her mother, there would be no Timothy. They taught him scripture, they led him to Christ, and it was their energy and their passion for Jesus that was passed on to these, 
these men and these influential people, we, would be, we wouldn't even be where we are today as a church if it weren't for the moms in our life. Acts 16.1 tells us that Tim's mother was a believer, but his father was a Greek. He was not a believer, and she passed her faith on to her son. Of all the things that you can pass down to your children, there's nothing more impactful than this one. There's nothing more influential, more important than this. Far-reaching beyond life. Parents, moms, don't just teach your kids how to be nice people. Don't just teach them how to be good citizens, how to be kind. Don't just teach them how to be generous and how to, how to smile and shake a, a firm handshake. Teach them about Jesus. It's the most important, most impactful, the only eternal thing that will ever live beyond this life. I'm here today. I'm a pastor today because of Pauline and Diana. Pauline, my grandmother, who was the first person to ever tell me about Jesus as a kid, who took me to church as a little boy every time I visited her, and Diana, my mom, who when I was 13, took us to an Easter service and it was on that Sunday that I finally walked an aisle and said yes to Jesus Christ. After my friends had been telling me, my grandma had been telling me, it was my mom that took me to church and made sure that I was there every week. It was because of her that I'm introduced to Jesus. And I'm here today because Pauline and Diana, my grandma and my mom. Thank you, mom. Thank you, grandma. They've both gone on to be with the Lord and that's where I'm gonna see him one day. So Priscilla lived out this verse. She was a supermodel to us all. Matthew 6, says, seek first the kingdom and his righteousness and all these other things will be added into you. Moms, listen, if you can do this first, you're gonna be okay. If you can seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, you're gonna be okay. You're gonna be a great mom. You will be a supermodel. You will be an example that every one of us here can follow and let's talk about one day. And when you're worried and when you're stressed out, seek first the kingdom and all these other things will follow right after, okay? I wanna pray for the moms at this time. Um, so I'm gonna, before we pray for the moms, I'm gonna go ahead and pass the offering and because uh, I wanna end with prayer for our mothers. So uh, if you have your offering, go ahead and get that out and get that ready. And um, it's going to be passed. Uh, real quick announcement before I pray for the moms is this Friday, if you are a married couple, we have our marriage night. And that it's what it's called. It's not a creative name, but that's what right now media is calling it. So uh, we're going to be hosting a live satellite event here Friday night. It's only one night. It's only a few hours. Francis Chan's going to be speaking. Comedian Michael, uh, um, comedian Michael, it's not Michael Jordan, uh, Michael James. Junior, Michael Junior, yeah, the man with no last name. Michael Junior will be uh, speaking. He's hilarious. It's going to be a great night. We're going to be uh, growing in our walk as couples. So register online if you haven't already. There's information about that on the bulletin. Uh, thank you for giving today. I'm going to pray for the moms. So I'm going to ask all the moms to stand up. Moms, stand up right where you are. Look at all these supermodels. Woo! You know, I don't think anybody carries the burden of their family more than a mom does. 
And dad's like, they'll be okay. They'll be all right. Everything's fine. But moms are like, no, it's always, always right there, isn't it? You know, and when our kids leave the house, dads are like, well, we did our best. You know, it's up to them now. And mom's like, no, it's still right here all the time, always, you know. And, and I think there's a, a role that God gives us. We talked about this last week. And I think that's why uh, God designed us differently for these different roles. But you, can, you can't take the mom out of mom, <laughs> you know, you just can't. And I want to honor you and thank you. So I'm going to ask if you're standing around a mom to stand up and put your arm around your mom or around your wife and or around a mom who's here alone. Regardless, if, you're, if it's your mom, then stand up and put your arm around her and we're going to pray. And if there's a mom in front of you, then I want you to pray for them. And uh, this, uh, there's a couple right here. This mama right here needs someone to pray for her. So Nick, and, and if you could reach out your hand. There you go, Dwayne. Thank you. And let's just pray for these amazing moms. God, thank you for moms. Hey, um, hey, uh, uh, Stephen, could you stand over here with Cecilia for a second? I know you're on the board, but I want you to be prayed for. Somebody needs to love on you today. God, I just thank you so much, Lord, for moms, God. I thank you for the sacrifice, for the love, the hospitality, God, the care, God, the attention, Lord, that good moms bring. God, I know that sometimes uh, there are moms that maybe miss the mark, but God, I thank you, Lord, that that's not all of them, and that's not the majority of them. And God, I pray that if that was if that was the model that we had, Lord, I pray that we would learn to be, God, kids in spite of our moms, and that these moms would learn to be the moms that we see in the Bible and the moms in their life, the spiritual moms. God, I pray that you would empower them. God, maybe they're moms of adult children. God, help them in this season of their life to be moms to these kids. God, maybe they're moms of kids in the house, small children. God, give them the patience and the grace to be the mom those kids need. And Lord, moms of teenagers and those that are about to launch out of the house, God, give them direction and wisdom on how to transition that relationship and still be that mom that you've called them to be for life, God. You never outgrow love. And God, thank you for our moms. What a treasure they are in our life. Where would be we be without them? God, thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Happy Mother's Day, moms. Have a great day today. And if you got a plant, uh, come up and get it, okay? Happy Mother's Day. Jesus is the living way. Thank you for listening to the Living Way Church podcast. If you enjoyed this message, we hope you come visit us in Garland, Texas. For directions and more information about the church, go to www.livingwaychurch.cc.